Twin Cities on the Move, a real estate and mortgage podcast featuring Paul St. Andrew, Justin Sheeler, Joel Benson, and Greg Rios. Paul and Justin are real estate agents with Remax Results, and Joel and Greg are mortgage professionals with Cardinal Financial Company. And now, Twin Cities on the Move. Good afternoon, everybody. Episode number 17 of Twin Cities on the Move. It's Friday afternoon, uh, May 8th, 2020. Um, day 3,421,000 of lockdown, according to the coronavirus clock. So how's everybody doing today? Good. Not bad. Good, good, good. I'm Paul St. Andrew. I'm with Remax Results. I'm Justin Sheeler with Remax Results as well. All right, I'm Joel Benson, Cardinal Financial, NMLS number 1064642. Greg Rios, Cardinal Financial, NMLS 1505482. It's not easy when we're not in the same room, right? Exactly. I know. It's amazing. It's amazing. Well, this is episode number 17. Thanks for joining us. We've been doing this here for the last, well, since since we all got told to go home. Um, so we just would, we're, our idea is to hopefully kind of just keep you abreast of the Twin Cities housing market as we work through this pandemic and, and as things seem to still be changing, you know, it's, it's not hour by hour anymore, but, but, you know, day by day as things happen, we're just trying to keep everybody up to date with it. And we couldn't do this without Tina Chandy from Country Financial. Tina, insurance person extraordinaire. Um, thank you so much, Tina, for your sponsorship and for, for keeping the lights on here at Twin Cities on the Move. If you need anything insurance-wise, auto, home, health, life insurance, I don't know. I My kid just bought a really expensive pair of shoes. I bet Tina can probably insure those as well. Get a hold of her. Uh, 651-846- 8163. Also, our friends at Longfellow Grill and Dual Citizen Brewing. Um, thanks for always being a part of the, part of Twin Cities on the move as well. How are things going, fellas? How's your week, man? Good. Good. Knock on wood. Good. You know, it seems like, uh, I don't know, it's for us anyways, it's it's really kind of started to pick up in the last, I don't know, week or 10 days. And I don't know if it's just, you know, people are kind of finally kind of coming out of their shell a little bit. You know, everyone kind of put it on lockdown for a while and people are kind of start, starting to get busy again, I think. You've been busy mortgage-wise? Yeah, this last week and a half have been really, really busy. And we're doing a lot of new purchase stuff still. And that, like I said, I think people were kind of kind of put their business on hold for a while. And, and now they're kind of starting to get out there again. So it's been pretty busy for us. Good. Justin, have you known, have you seen that? Have you been out with your clients and looking? Yeah, you know what? A, a couple different ways. So I had a, a set of clients that had gone out and, and actually got an accepted offer is nice because we weren't competing with quite as many other buyers and they were looking under the 180 mark. So you know how difficult that is. And we'd already bounced off so many and, and that got accepted. And then I also had a property I listed last week. Um, we listed it at 335 and sold uh, well above the list price with eight offers total. And that was a great price range too for, for sellers that are considering, you know, should I list now or not? And we're going to talk about that a little bit later, but yeah, it's been busy. Well, you know, that's what, if you look at the statistics too, you know, they, they say that, you know, since we, the first shelter in place came about right around St. Patrick's Day or so, the bottom did drop out showing wise. That's for sure. They were down. They're up 47% in just this short time since, you know, around the middle of March. So, so things are definitely starting to happen and there. They have been increasing just a little, a little bit more every week over and over and over again. You know, uh, listings were up, um, according to statistics, 19 
percent in the past week. So uh, yeah, the the people that were on hold and were kind of waiting to put their houses on the market, I think they're back as well now too. So that, that's that's good to see. The showings are down thirty percent overall from this time last year. And I remember you guys, I we had a podcast here before all of this hit. It was in January or early February. Um, where we we talked about a lot of economists, um, we what we heard from a lot of economists and and some real estate people was that showings were probably going to be down this coming year in two thousand twenty anyway, and yeah. so I don't really I don't think we can hang our hat that much on that thirty percent number. I don't feel that that's something to worry about. To, be honest with you. So things are coming back and I, I love yeah. to see that. One other stat that I thought I'd share with you guys here, just this is the market just this this week. New listings, uh, 3,265. Pending transactions, 1,962. And then we closed just over 2,000, 2,063 homes within the last seven days. It's a lot of houses, Great. fellas. Yeah, and and to piggyback on that too, Polly, uh, our CEO Brenda Testhouse also releases you know kind of weekly updates so we can kind of compare how we're not only doing at home but also nationwide. And what's cool is places like uh, New York, Chicago, some of these bigger cities that are starting to come back. It's kind of neat because Minneapolis, St. Paul, and the Twin Cities area is following that trend. And it's kind of nice to see that we should have a nice recovery if we're even if we're just similar to those uh, little cities that are coming out of the the pandemic. Knock on wood. Nope, I agree. Greg, Joel, what about rates? Where are they sitting right now? Rates are still sitting, you know, in a pretty good spot. You know, the economy's still kind of mucked up a little bit, and um, I think because of that, rates are staying lower. Uh, you know, all time lows. You know, everyone that. I've locked rates for recently has been pretty happy. Um, you know, you can still get in the threes pretty easily. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know what Joel will say, but for me, I, I feel like rates are in a good spot. Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, this is something I, I always want to talk about too, is that because the market's a little bit screwy right now, we, st- we have a little bit more trouble predicting what's going to happen. If, when clients say to me, hey, should I lock? I always say, yes, probably, you know, if they go up, you're going to be upset, but, and because they're also still historically very low. So we saw, you know, maybe, you know, three, four weeks ago, we kind of saw, saw them dip way back, you know, way back down and then kind of start to come up a little bit, but they've stayed pretty, they've stayed pretty stable. So I'd say we're, we're still, I mean, historically we're, we're very low. We're still doing some refinance business. And that's another thing I'll say is if, if you haven't refinanced yet, if your interest rate is, you know, 4% or higher, let's have a conversation because um, you know, rates are still ridiculous. Worth chatting, huh? Yeah, okay. definitely. Why don't we just kind of do some myth busting here today? Because there is with when none of us have ever been through anything like this. And it's interesting watching how the chips are falling, you know, and, and what yeah. people are saying. I think we're starting to kind of get the facts in now with things. And, and you know, your interest rates are, are, are staying stable. People are out there doing things. That's the myth that everybody's just in their quarantine cave and not doing anything is really, you know, not true. And I mean, like how is, you just had a great listing here last, I mean, what do you think about listing your home right now, Justin? Well, yeah, that's the big myth that right now, because of the pandemic or quarantine or stay at home or safe at home, whatever you want to call it, that it's, it's a bad time to list your house. That's, that's a big myth. Matter of fact, our, our prices are going up both in the twin cities and, and nationally. 
uh, believe it or not, just because the inventory is so low. So if you're a seller right now, you should always sell whenever you're comfortable. But man, if you're considering selling now, you're probably going to get an excellent price and, and it's probably going to sell quickly. So the inconvenience of showings and stuff like that is, is going to be minimal. Could be quite an opportunity as well, I think, you know, Absolutely. just to kind of just kind of sneak in. And, and as a buyer or an investor, I think, you know, they're wondering, gee, what do I do? Should I do I? Why? Why would I want to buy buy something right now? Well, historically, economic downturn brings about opportunity. It, yeah. it always yeah. does. It always does. If you were in a position to do something right now, and again, it's your, it's your comfort level and your physical comfort level to, to be out in the world and to be doing things. If you're comfortable with that, if you, if, if that's okay, yes, you absolutely could, you know, the opportunity could be there for you for sure. Are you, are you guys still doing a lot of, I mean, virtual showings or how are you working on all those right now? Yeah. You know, um, that it, and I think we alluded to this a little bit of like one or two podcasts ago was that uh, for me personally, my clients seem to really be the, the, the good old drive by seems to be a wonderful activity for them. Um, those kind of went by the wayside when we had so many tire kicker clients that they just wanted to get in the house and do it now driving by. I mean. Google Earth or, you know, all of that, they're not going to show you the SA right next door to the house. You know, usually yeah, it's, right. you know, they're not going to show you the guy with the couch in his front yard that lives next door to this house. So, <laughs> you know, I guarantee you, if you have 10 homes on your list and you drive by them all, you're going to eliminate four at least, maybe five. And people are looking for an excuse to get out of the house too, Paulie. Right, right. Yeah. So I guess what I'm saying is by the time we actually turn the doorknob and walk into a house, I think they're pretty serious about wanting to purchase. You know, they've yeah. done their homework. And yes, virtual showings, um, 3D tours, they're a wonderful addition to a listing. I know I've been using them since long before any of this came around just because it's really neat technology and it's really fun to, to, have, to have it be a part of your listing. So... Paul, quick, just real quick on that. If people haven't tried that yet, that Paul's referring to the interactive 3D tours. And if you haven't done it, I think most buyers probably have by now, but it's like walking through the house in a video game. You can check out literally any part you can look up, down. It's like, yeah, it's cool. I know. I always describe it as it's kind of like a... You take your house and it's like a, you know, like a dollhouse where you take the top right yeah. off of it and you go right into it in your computer and stroll around. It's it's really fun. It's really cool technology and it's it's super useful. So, so I guess that's one myth we get hoping to get rid of anyway. If you think you want to list your home, you know, talk to Justin here because there's ways that we can do it right now and it could be a wonderful opportunity. Paul, I got a myth for Greg and uh, and Joel. I've heard a myth that only the big banks can get you the best rates. Well, that that myth is not only false now, but even not, you know, when we're not in a pandemic. Um, the thing I will tell you is probably actually the opposite has happened um, as of late. And, and some people that have been in the industry or been around the industry um, would be aware, but probably about, you know, four or five weeks ago, there were some significant changes that were made to a lot of companies lending guidelines specifically related to COVID-19. Literally minimum score requirements were, were boosted. Um, a lot of lenders are completely out of the jumbo loan game right now. There's very few lenders who are even going to mess around with jumbo loans right now. Um, we, we made some changes too. So, um, but our changes were a little bit less 
um, dramatic than some of the other lenders. So, you know, where a lot of lenders, even for their FHA or any other government loan, they, they increased their credit score requirement, the minimum to like 660 or 680, or I've even heard some that were at 700. In fact, I've got a buddy who works for a small uh, community bank, which are traditionally, you know, pretty good for, for interest rates. And they'll, they're at a minimum score of 700 if you're a member of their bank and like 720 if you're not. So, I mean, for me, it's been nice because I'm getting some referrals from other lenders that they've, they've got deals that they can't do. You know, our minimum score still on, on all products is 620. A lot of times a customer will, will come to us and maybe their score is a little below 620. We have tools and we, we did an episode on credit repair and things. Mm-hmm. We've got tools where I can literally run an analysis and, and, and tell you exactly what steps we have to take to get you to a, either to a certain score threshold or maybe like um, a what if scenario where, hey, I'm going to pay this card down or this one off. So we can always help kind of counsel people. I literally had someone that had a pre-approval with one of the bigger banks. They were all set to go. And then COVID happened. The big bank raised their credit, you know, requirements. So they just kind of went on hold. And luckily one of the, the wife in the family got antsy. So she, you know, looked at some different options and we ended up connecting and now they're under contract and we're buying a house in three weeks where the big bank was painting a picture like, hey, you're on hold. I'll let you know when you qualify again if things change. So they were just going to wait. So I guess my point in bringing that up is if for some reason you're hitting a stop with your current lender, you know, please check around or give up me and Joel a call. I mean, we may be able to help you out where maybe some other lenders are not able to. Oh, yeah. You know, I've, I've even run into scenarios. I picked up a deal just this week where. The lender, same scenario where the lender, they had a, they were under contract and the lender just was kind of getting sketchy on them, but never told them, hey, you're, they were kind of waiting it out, hoping that guidelines would change and they'd still be able to close the loan. And, you know, when it got down to it, I said, ask this question. And that's what, that's what it was, was their score was now below that bank's minimum threshold. And they were just trying to kind of trying to drag it out a little bit so they could, they could still retain the business. But interesting. So there's, there's a lot of that going on with, so you want to just, I mean, we're, we're still doing loans, but uh, you know, things have tightened up a little bit pretty much everywhere. Yeah. But you're still doing them. You're still, and, and then just like you said earlier, you're the, the, it's because people are out there starting to look and starting to buy and they're starting to list their house. And the, the myth of us just sitting on our hands is really, is really just that it is a myth. So I don't know. I think anybody that that's listening to us, get a hold of one of us for sure. If you're looking to buy, if you're looking to to refinance, or if you need a, you know, looking for a mortgage, I, taking taking those first steps right now, even if you're not a hundred percent comfortable or ready to go yet, and you're waiting. I mean, it's just kind of loading the cannon and getting ready to go. Justin, I kind of want to throw you on the spot here with a question. Just because I'm, I'm going through it myself with a lot of my buyers in multiple bid situations, and you mentioned you just had one where eight bids came in. Why don't you try to like maybe peel back the curtain for us a little bit and let us know what some of your you know decision making was on that, and maybe just some pointers for buyers out there on how they can make their offer maybe stand out in those situations when they're up against several other buyers. You know what are some things they can do to to maybe you know win the deal, Greg Hunter picked a, a better question because we had, uh, you know, and I can't get too specific because we're, we haven't closed yet, but we had three really good offers that were so high and so competitive. They were all within probably two to $3,000 of each other. 
my clients ended up selecting an offer that was a little bit lower, but because the people were putting a little more money down, they were using conventional financing, which, you know, for some sellers, they're just a little more comfortable with that. And then um, sometimes the personal touch when a, when a buyer will write uh, a personal letter just saying, you know, we're really excited and you got to be careful with it because you don't want to get any kind of discrimination issues. But uh, we're just really excited. We love your house. Uh, we're starting a new family and we, we'd love the opportunity to, to continue the fun times with your house or whatever. But the other thing was, Paul, you're familiar with these. Um, two of the offers had escalation clauses and that's where they say, we're gonna offer this amount. So let's say the house is listed at 250,000 for simple math and they come in at 255, but we'll beat any other offer above that by $2,000 up to 265. We had two offers and so we it was you know just pick whichever one is the highest escalation clause. I want I want to just ask about that specifically then because I'm not a huge fan of the escalation clause. Neither am I. But what, what do you guys what do you guys think of that? I mean if you want to offer 265 offer 265. Yeah. Put yeah. your money where your mouth is. Exactly. Yes. And I I personally, I mean, we uh, Justin and I were under, you know, when we go under contract to list a house or to represent a buyer, it's we we are obligated to do what our clients wishes are. Now, uh, on on the listing side, I often coach my clients um, when we get an escalation clause for their house and it's it just like Justin said with a cap on it, counter it counter it at the cap right away yeah yeah you know they're willing to pay that amount anyway yeah they're willing to pay it then pay it and say yeah. we you know and i would say if you don't like the idea of an escalation clause if it's an ethically an issue for you or, or for any other reason you don't want to deal with it then let's just counter it at the top and see if they really want to come in and do that if they want to they do and that's fine that's and then idea. we'll move forward you know yeah they basically showed your you their cards already so that's a great point Paul. yeah yeah. So, and then just adding to like a couple of the little I tips for for getting a getting a listing or getting a contract uh, one or getting a listing one and multiple offers. I think the closing date for the seller is always oh, good yeah. to know. That's one of the first questions I ask as a buyer's agent is when's a good day for your seller to close? Because a lot of buyers have some flexibility. If we have to put it out a month, well, that's okay. You know, if that makes the difference. Um, sometimes that really helps. Also, working in contact, really close contact with your lender. If you're as a buyer's agent, um, I like to be proactive. And um, it's when I send a purchase agreement over to the listing site, I also will share the listing agent's uh, contact information with, the, with my lender partner. And that way they can connect with them and be proactive. And, and yeah. I think it's not only, of course, the lender is going to say that, hey, you know what? Our client's pre-approved. They're a slam dunk. It's going to go close. It's also going to show that on a Saturday afternoon that this lender will pick up the phone and take 10 minutes and make a phone call. It'll show that they're a normal human being and they're not some strange person. Because as a listing agent, when we're all walking down the road arm in arm to go close, you like to know that everybody's on board and and you know and can perform and do their job because it's always so disappointing when to everybody when the deal falls apart. You mean six feet away from each other, Paul? Yeah, well, exactly. Not arm in arm anymore. That's right. That's right. So anyway, that's that's my two cents. Yeah, well, it's interesting that I mean that's a good point though that we're we're talking about multiple offers 
right now. And that, that sort of drives home the point that there's activity happening. Things are happening. Um, business is, is, is moving along. Things are happening. Things are happening. Guys. I really hate multiple offer deals, but I know if you're, if you're selling a house, you love it, but it drives you nuts on the buyer side. It's just, it's so stressful. It's supposed to be fun and it's just not. It's part of the deal. It's yeah, just part yeah. of the deal. That's the way it goes. And, you know, thank goodness that we have houses to sell and, and loans to yeah. write. And, and yeah, yeah, and yeah, people yeah. that lucky people that get to have them for sure. So good. Well, hey, time for happy hour, fellas. Time for happy hour. I'm going to go home, get myself a dual citizen beer, I think, for sure. So thank you, guys. Thanks for thanks for hooking up today. I hope um, everybody listening, if you have any questions or thoughts, don't hesitate to, to catch us in the comments section of Twin Cities on the Move on Facebook. Also, uh, tcotm at gmail.com. You're able to connect with us as well. And yeah, we'd love to hear any comments, any questions that you have. Thanks again for listening to episode 17. And... Last but not least, don't forget to go out and get your insurance from Tina Huinchandi at Country Financial, 651-846-8163. Have a great Friday, everybody. Take care. Take care, guys. This has been Twin Cities on the Move, a real estate and mortgage podcast. Paul St. Andrew and Justin Sheeler are licensed real estate agents in the state of Minnesota with the brokerage Remax Results. You can find Paul online at minnesotahomesales.com and Justin at justinsheeler.com with Sheeler spelled S-C-H-E-E-L-E-R. Joel Benson and Greg Rios are mortgage professionals with Cardinal Financial Company. You can find them online at cardinalfinancial.com. Cardinal Financial Company, NMLS 66247, is an equal housing opportunity lender and is not affiliated with REMAX results. Jill Benson's NMLS ID is 1064642. And Greg Rios' NMLS ID is 1505482. This show was produced by Minnesota Podcasting and recorded in their St. Paul studios. And they can be found online at mnpodcasting.com. The views and opinions expressed on this show are those of the individual participants and may not necessarily reflect the views or opinions of REMAX Results, Cardinal Financial Company, or Minnesota Podcasting. 